Hey everybody, I'm Jody Vance. And I'm George Affleck. And it's time for Vacation All I Ever Wanted. Vacation All I Ever Wanted. That's fun. So funny. Hey, uh, are your taxes done? Yes. And I'm taking a vacation, just so everybody knows off the top. That oh, the right. That's to that why. Song is so people who are big fans of ours, we will be taking a hiatus for three weeks. Three uh, weeks? Well, it's, I'm trying to do the math. I get back on the 20th. So I'm going on a road trip that's very far away. Uh, to Amanda's dream trip. Big number she's turning. I won't say what it is. And uh, she's a lot younger than me, though. And uh, so we're heading away. Everywhere. Well, well I'm still so, going to be working, but I can only do so much when I'm on the road. And doing a podcast so we'll, is a tough one. We'll be back for the Thursday, the 25th of May. So we're basically on for the better part of a month. That's right. Unless huge things happen, then we'll find a way, of course. Right. Of course. I can always record it and we can find a way to put it out there. So, um, but it's up to you because you know what? You deserve a vacation and I will be here working. Because there's a lot going on, George. Let's get to it. And I was asking yes. about your taxes. Mine are not yet done, but I'm hopeful that they will be completed. I'm one of the I'm I'm one of those people who definitely usually gets ahead of this, is is uh -huh. is well ahead of the like surge that happens where people are like, oh, it's tomorrow. The deadline is actually this Sunday, right? The last day of April mm -hmm. is the deadline. But because it falls on a Sunday, it's actually the first of May. That the deadline yes. is, but then with this with this PSAC um, strike, the the CRA is impacted, and there's some discussion as to whether there should be some sort of extension for people. But if your taxes are dated on the right day, it's all good. But in in some instances, for people that are getting a refund, it's like I want my money back. Yeah, that's me. Uh, that's the question I have. Sure, yeah, great if you're paying, uh, get an extension on that. But I mean, who? Don't don't we all file digitally now? Where is the human in this process really? I mean, I guess there's humans who go over your your tax statements, or do they just you know? There's a process for that. So clearly, that's going to take a while. But uh, I'd like to get my money back, but I guess that's going to be delayed. So everything's getting it delayed. That sucks. Ugh. I can imagine uh, a less a less. Um, how should I put this? unsupported people on strike than the tax people sorry yeah. tax guys but uh not the most beloved way to flag yourself george way to flag yourself on that one i'm not with george i think you all deserve a raise i'm just saying no. i'm not saying i don't love them i love tax people i love accountants i love bookkeepers that's a very important part of my business um uh, and in fact i have clients who are bookkeepers so uh but i think that if you're looking for people out there out there protesting on the street which i see every day yeah i don't hear a lot of honking horns for them so it's got to be a tough one for them so i'm you know what shachi curl just put out a, a poll on that um the numbers aren't off the top of my head but just about public support oh, yeah? of this particular strike and there isn't a lot like there are people that are yeah. like hmm, i'm gonna say the government employees have it pretty good based on what we're seeing in other areas and certainly there's a reason to want, you know, that sort of me too thing mm -hmm. where they see other areas, you know, following along with inflation yeah. numbers and what have you, but we're just in such a crazy spot right now. Mm -hmm. um, let's get into some of the things. So like, since we're talking money, let's bring it back provincial. 
Yes. And you were, we were supposed to mention this last week, but it fell yeah. off the, the table because we were so busy with other things. Our credit rating, not, not, mm -hmm. uh, not so great. We're taking a bit of a hit. Explain. Yeah, it's interesting. It sort of didn't get a ton of play, um, but we got knocked down to a double A rating by one ratings group. That's where the they assess a provincial's management of money and debt and how they can yeah. handle it. Um, and while it doesn't on the surface mean a big deal, it's not a huge deal. It does actually affect the interest rates that the province gets when they borrow money. Uh, significantly. So it could be a one or two point difference in borrowing money. Uh, and so it makes it much, much more expensive to borrow money because the interest right. rate's higher. You know, it's like a mortgage. Um, so yeah. it's very, a couple very, of points can be like, oh, uh, when you're, you're talking big dollars. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's not good. It's a, it's a, it's a statement of the fiscal management of the province. Of course, they blame the, the pandemic. They blame the economy. They blame this, they blame that. Um, but, you know, it was kind of predicted by me several years ago this would happen, even before the pandemic, because they were yeah. spending so much money. It's always a tough yeah. balance, you know. I mean, we talk about spending money here a lot, about prioritizing spending and, and schools and healthcare and, and that kind of stuff. Um, but before the pandemic, they were spending stuff. And actually, even recently, you sort of wonder when they're spending a bunch of money on stuff. You're like, really? On that? Um, so it's it's always Museums. a question. Yeah, things like that. I mean, that's important. It's, not like it's important, but it's not a billion dollars important. It was not like, when you're, whoa. And you're in yeah. debt when you're seeing billion dollar, you know, when you've got yeah. to, anyways, they can thank the liberals or now the BC United for many years of constraints, but, uh, and that was their undoing uh, because families first. Remember Christy Clark? <laughs> she didn't live up to that one. And as a result, uh, didn't get delivered another majority or even a minority or, you know, government, she was given the boot. Um, so, and now we have what we have, a massive NDP majority. Um, so yeah, it's it's not a good thing. Um, and it's a it's something that doesn't seem to be a concern to most people right now. And I'm, I'm worried that it's going to have a huge effect on our long-term financial management of this province. You know what I'm hugely worried about? And I feel super helpless whenever we talk about this, because we talk about it once a month. Yes. Um, the overdose crisis, like seven seven people yeah. a day, are dying. And and when people think overdose crisis, they immediately go to the downtown east side. But that's mm -hmm. not where it's happening. It is happening across the province. It's happening in apartments mm -hmm. and condos yeah. and homes. And it's predominantly middle aged men who perhaps were either hurt uh, in in their job and and medicated and then medicated too far and then were cut off of those opioids that were pain meds that were prescribed to them and then they yep. are addicted and then it, it spirals or it's a recreational drug user we all know somebody who has dabbled and then mm -hmm. been ashamed of that and then used alone so again every time i bring up the overdose crisis i like to stress the point that if you are struggling with an addiction please don't use alone please don't trust mm -hmm. somebody i mean i have known and loved numerous people who have struggled with addiction i'm very lucky to say that i don't struggle with addiction but be loving somebody who does is very very difficult because yeah. they feel such shame even as you're trying to wrap your arms around them and sometimes they hide and it's that hiding right now that's killing people so let's talk about mm -hmm. the overdose overdose numbers that we're facing right now in this province oh i mean you know uh, I, I i guess the argument can be made that um 
uh, the whole drug policy is not working as far as um, you know the non uh, not the legalization, but certainly decriminalization. Yeah, the decriminalization. Uh, it's is that maybe too soon to say, but it it doesn't seem to be the silver bullet to if that's the wrong terminology. Maybe in this situation, I'm not sure. I know this, what you mean. This problem. It's I mean, we're not. There is no short-term yeah. solution that's going to change this. We have people who are getting injured on the work at work, and then uh, being prescribed medication, and then that ends, and then they get desperate, and then they go in the street, and then they take drugs, and then they die. And so there are many levels of problem there. And I know that there are organizations like the ICBA who spend a lot of time trying to educate their employers and employees across this province about because they're you know icba represents a lot of independent construction workers for example yeah. who are a big yeah. chunk of these people that are dying um you know it's uh, so that's maybe one way to start education but then it's like who's pres prescribing these things and why is it so casually happening it's not just in, in but BC, that tightened I mean, up happening okay, everywhere. it is it is but that did get tightened from a government perspective from the college of medicine right so maybe it's a lag um, time here i think there might be some of that but there's also like not a lot of wiggle room between what existed which was kind of like you get some and you get some and you get mm -hmm. some and then it went nobody gets any yeah and so somewhere right. in there might have been the mistake and how to correct that mistake you know especially when you can't even in some instances yeah. um secure yourself a physician who even knows your name because you're yeah. going to the walk-in clinic or you're going from yeah. doctor to doctor to doctor to whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's nobody's fault. I think honestly, George, if we were to unspin this in my, you know, novice opinion, it's that we are all spending so much time looking for someone to blame, looking for the villain, looking for the reason that we're missing the opportunity to actually just start somewhere with what might change it for the better and we we've talked about this so many times and you just mentioned um that this is not a a provincial problem it's not a vancouver problem it's not a bc problem it's not a canada problem it is a worldwide epidemic yep. mm -hmm. uh and and nobody's figured it out yet and and lots of people are talking about you know forced addiction treatment like forcing people into care others have said that that just simply does not work and then there's the you know we're just mm -hmm. gonna have this great amount of empathy for everybody who struggles in this way and then you you find yourself you know normalizing stopped at a red light and seeing somebody absolutely tripping out on some drug or maybe dropping their drawers and and, and defecating in the middle of the road because that's what's happening and, and it's just like there was a time where somebody would slip and fall on the sidewalk and you'd have five people run to pick them up now, and now everybody's just like you walk right past I, them i, I know can't. that's the, the that's the part that makes me sick to my stomach yeah, I know I have uh, in my back parking lot where my office is and sometimes in the front, there is people that are sound asleep. Uh, but I yeah. think sometimes are you alive uh, and have yeah. uh, on occasion when it looks dire, have uh, gotten really close to them and said, hello, are you OK? Yeah. Um, yeah. I look in to see if they rise and fall of their chest without yeah, getting into their personal then, space like, where they might feel, I know. you know, but and they're you, sleeping yeah. during the day because at night it's dangerous. Like there's so much here that we never thought we'd yep. be perhaps living in but you know we bring up the op opioid crisis we bring up the overdose numbers because it's important to have these conversations and yet we keep having them mm -hmm. without really any meaningful answer to what 
well you know it goes so. uh, we yeah i know we've talked it's housing it's it's healthcare, yeah. it's mental health care it's drugs it's it's policing everything speaking of policing yeah oh yeah i Holy, mean we okay, were debating so, this we were debating whether to do the show tomorrow because right. the big announcement tomorrow what is it we 9 30 9 30 friday morning uh solicitor general uh uh, Mike Farnworth will be making his decision known. The announcement is coming as to whether or not Brenda Locke will get her way. The mayor of Surrey <laughs> will get her way. No, well, she said that, right? I know. That's her way. You know, she wants the RCMP to stay and stop the transition to the SPS, which was her predecessor's uh, mission. Mm-hmm. Um, and so is it Surrey Police Services that is already well on their way to being established, or is it the RCMP that will continue right now? It's I can only imagine what it might be like to be an officer with either side of that to see law enforcement so divided, because you have to pick sides in this, and that is just so wild. I don't know if you see the trolls on social media on either side, but as somebody who's just watching and waiting for it to un- unfold, Obviously, I'm aware that my partner in Linda Steele is married to the chief of the Surrey Police Services, Norm Lipinski. And mm-hmm. I'm sitting next to Linda watching her just waiting for this. Just <laughs> and she's like, somebody. And I'm sure he can't tell her. Something. And so he's got to be tortured by not being able to talk about this at, at home. So it's got to yeah, be a brutal. I don't think he knows. I don't think he knows. You don't oh yeah. Well, he, he probably knows now. Uh, for I, tomorrow, I, I hope but, so. Jeez, yeah. I hope so. But from so all accounts, you like honestly, honestly, George, what? I have asked around. I've asked around from yeah. my circle of colleagues, right? The, my regular, the usual suspects, the people that I know, yeah. the journalists that I know who would be tapped in at the ledge, yeah. people that I know who'd be tapped into Surrey, people that just in general, we all talk, the media all talks, you know, the undercurrent of it to, to do our due diligence mm-hmm. and find out from multiple sources. Nobody knows. There are people that think, oh, you know, I think they're probably going to stick with the RCMP or, oh, you know, I probably think they're going to go with Surrey Police Services because, but nobody's like definitively, this is what's happening. And usually there is some of that, uh, to be honest with you, but I've I've actually- Yeah, I've uh, heard uh, speculation, and it'd be my speculation. You, I'll give you my speculation. I feel like yeah, we, please do. Keith Baldry's as well, similar thoughts. I just think that uh, when you, if you're looking and you're weighing, certainly on a spin side too, when you think about the the, the communications and the pro- challenges that the RCP are, are, have had or currently haven't seem to always have, uh, the, the fact that do they have a plan for Surrey? No, not really. That's not how they operate. They are a national police force. They do things in a different way. They're having challenging finding people to recruit. Um, Rurally. I- they're not having troubles in no. the big city centers, but they are responsible well, for yeah. rural as well. So they're pulling people in, yeah, leaving I mean, the rural. Recruit. Yeah, but you yeah. don't get to go yeah. to the big cities until you've done the, your time. And no the question. A, no question. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think they're. I think the. I think they're going to weigh on the side of the, the Surrey Police Force. I think they'll go for it. Yeah. It's going to be very expensive for for Surrey, but yeah, I just think that it's it's you. It gives them the, the ability to be more nimble and get dealing yeah. with their local issues, which are significant. The RCP yeah. continue to have problems, whether on the East Coast, wherever it is, there's always these problems. No, of Oh, my gosh. Not even Vancouver just that. But the, we have problems in all police forces, it seems. But, but sexual, it seems sexual assault and harassment. Sorry, I'm talking over you, but to jump in there, because you've touched on a bunch of stuff there. Mm-hmm. The sexual har- assault and harassment 
the the systemic uh, mistreatment of women within the ranks that has been not just proven but acknowledged and paid out uh, with with very little sort of recovery there and the recruitment suffers as a result of that you're speaking yeah. about what happened in Porta Peak as well Porta Peak mm -hmm. I, I always mispronounce it and all yeah. of that around that but going back to what you said and full disclosure one of my very best friends from high school one of my besties her dad was a chief inspector with the RCMP unbelievable stand-up guy there are a lot of people who work um, within the Royal Canadian Mounted Police who are amazing individuals mm -hmm. that, that are unbelievable like so painting everybody with one big brush would no which i it, for the interest of just being clear great respect for those who uh serve and protect whether you're wearing the red serge or you're wearing the blue um i also have um a, a cousin who's a sergeant with the vpd so municipal rcmp i'm not picking a side but what i'm looking at in surrey is the reason if i understand this correctly and george please correct me if i'm wrong the motivation behind transitioning to a municipal police force was so that that police force wouldn't turn over the way the RCMP does in its deployment out of Ottawa for where people are, are going. Some stay put, but others, mm -hmm. you know, move around. And with a municipal police force, you get to know who are the bad guys, who are the troublemakers, mm -hmm. where are the hot spots, where are the families who know what's going on but aren't talking to them, and how do we get to know those families so we can get an idea of what's actually going on? Da, da, da. Yeah, like that kind. Of, wasn't that the whole point in the beginning? Yeah, I think that the, the Vancouver's ability to keep gang control under control to as to a certain degree, as compared to Surrey, is a, a argument to show you that local policing um, is very effective. I mean, but it's not going right. to be like Port Moody or West Van, where literally the police know your name, <laughs> like, right? Stop. It's Surrey, it's, it's a big town. So, it, it is big. Uh, you know, I've had stories from friends who live in West Van and, you know, their kid gets in trouble and they stop. It's literally like Andy Griffith, you know, for those yeah. who are old enough like, to remember. Got, got, got little Tommy I, down here. Yeah. Can you come and get him or I'll bring him home for you? He's had a few too many yeah. drinks and he's walking home, stumbling along the sidewalk. You know, that's not going to happen in Surrey. But um, I just think that there needs to be a targeted approach to dealing with the crime that they're and the challenges they're. They're having in Surrey and they've had for God, you know, we've talked about I, I grew up out there in Langley. Uh yeah. you know, I we go to Surrey and get bullied. Uh not we didn't go to, intentionally to get bullied, but it seemed like you'd go to the mall in Surrey when you're a 15 or 16 year old kid. It was uh you, there was kids Rough looking for trouble. This was uh, yeah. you know, for Langley kids, it was like, oh, don't you know, it hasn't seemed it doesn't seem to have changed that much. No offense, Surrey. No. Uh no. we talked you know, about that last week because yeah. I grew and up so, in Tawasin yeah. and you know, we would we would as it's, as the t-shirts say you know that's it's the troubling part of town sometimes it's tough yeah it's a rough and tumble but maybe that's part of this that's another thing that i've heard in all the discussions around the surrey police services versus the rcmp is that and how the province makes a decision because you've said it's going to be a politically motivated decision they have to know what people in surrey actually want so there's polling around this but also that maybe this is part of a larger move by the province who they've been, because they've been kind of dropping little nuggets that going the route of a provincial police, like the OPP, mm -hmm. like the Ontario Provincial Police, oh, yeah. where the mm -hmm. municipals connect up and then it's so you like think there's this. That might be the whole, it could be a whole different thing, the announcement. He could be saying, you know what? We're going to create a provincial police force in any city who wants to get in it. Ah, that would be interesting. That would be huge. I think it might, 
I don't know anything. This is me just pie in the sky in it, but it might be politically strategic for the NDP government to say, this isn't about Surrey and the RCMP versus mm -hmm. the SPS. This is about the province of British Columbia deciding to transition towards a provincial police, which would be made up by, you know, a conglomerate, I don't know what the right term is, a, a collective of municipal police forces that work together. Because right now, it really doesn't feel like a whole bunch of people working together. I got to be honest with you. It looks so, so Norm Lipinski could siloed. be the chief of police for the entire police force of provincial because that's where it would have to start. If, if that was the kind of announcement you're talking about, they need to get they need to make make, make a decision on Surrey. And so the decision, which would yeah, the would decision be, would be about Surrey, but the Surrey, RCMP you get would still it, but continue. it's actually a provincial police force that we're going to create from starting at Surrey. I don't I don't know that that would be that the would announcement be tomorrow. I think they would say the Why next nothing. this contract with the rcmp will be the last however long that is i don't know I how much runway is left on that and then the transition comes and you start to build out because it, it'll take time but having lived in ontario for a decade it it is quite something to have an ontario provincial police like mm -hmm. not a toronto police and a and a you know a barry police and an oakville police and a hamilton police it's just the opp you're dealing everybody talks to everybody Everybody's like, oh what do you God, got over the there? Cost. Do you know the cost. Yeah, I mean, Oof. unless you well, get rid of Vancouver about... police, which would save us money, maybe, but in Vancouver. Well, maybe maybe the cost would be shared. Yeah. Interesting. In well, we'll see. I guess so this manner. is 9 30. So we're recording this on Thursday. Uh, yeah. Lunch. Uh, this is going to be in the morning on Friday. Uh, so tune in. 24 everybody. hours from now, we'll know. Uh, see, see which theory came true from unspun podcast you know you know what we will do is we can reconnect for a quickie tomorrow once this happens we'll jump right. on and we'll do a 10 minute update because people people are want to know you know what else people are going to want to know do you, you, obviously you heard about this the telus health thing that blew up during the pandemic because everybody logged on and was able to mm -hmm. access a physician and and it really worked for a lot of people but because there was payment involved it broke some rules Right. right private private health care that Ish. adrian Ish. dix then said okay so we're not doing that anymore we've agreed with tell us that that's not happening anymore yeah. except for the people that already did it but there's kind of a i mean it was previous things don't count or something like that yeah. a, moving forward yeah <laughs> so if you things. used it and it worked for you don't worry we're not taking your doctor away and it's yeah. like sorry should i have logged on to, to, to should i should i have mm -hmm. done that because yeah, I done it last have week. tell us, like, right? It seems a little odd. Like, isn't there? Because I guess the what Adrian Dix did say, the health minister did say that those people who have established themselves with a physician they met through Telus Health is covered by the MSP in the province, right? Yes. So I and there is, there is sort of a, a Telus Health light that won't involve payment of any kind that will still connect people with some services in some way but they didn't really say how that was going to work well there are certain services that are private right i mean dental is right. still private and, and uh oh, for sure optometrist but, uh you want to get a body scan of your whole body there's people who do that privately for a lot of money yeah. there you know yeah. so i think that's the kind of stuff if there are a few it's, clinics it's on the, I, I think there's one on the west side up on up in dunbar very fancy yeah. clinic there it's they do body scans and all sorts of other and i think you could pay a membership to be yeah. either it's a cor a corporate medical center right 
So because you got to protect the CEOs, private man. Team, but okay, um, it totally does. So, anyways, well, we'll see, yeah, that's going to be interesting. I mean, it, it it is, and then we talked about this. I think it was a couple of weeks ago when the the the, the federal court basically said, uh, Supreme Court said, no more arguments on this subject matter. Right. We are we have a national public health care system. Don't keep coming to us with your arguments saying, uh, but what about this? But what about this? It's like, we're done this? here. Stop talking. That's right. Yeah. We're done here. So so that um, really gave the provincial government and, and Adrian Dix the power to kind of say, stop. We're not doing this. It, it gives him a, a weapon now to say, you get, good luck if you want to fight me on this, because you can't. Yeah. Talk to the Supreme Court because it's over. The yeah. other thing on the provincial scale that I wanted to touch on before we move on, because it's it's happening now and later this evening, is there are a bunch of rallies planned across the province about just being fed up with the catch and release that the that the criminal code mm. um, protecting perpetrators over victims mm -hmm. and businesses that are being you know vandalized almost daily. Mm -hmm. at their own cost that, that they're just the protests are coming the people are starting to just be like who's no, organizing wait those <laughs> i wonder uh who uh, unspin they, it george they, well i would say same it's a kind of a super pack right it's uh for the uh bc united i would imagine yeah organized for sure. um for sure. nothing wrong with it, it happens, but, uh, nope. it's, it's very and, and, and clearly this is an issue and then we talked about this this is this was an issue in the, in the city elections Certainly in Vancouver, uh, the majority that came into power, crime was one of their top topics and uh, yeah. issues, and people were sick and tired of the crime, and they ro rode that wave into City Hall here, um, and I would say that that would be the case in several uh, municipalities. So, you know, it, it'd be interesting. I, you know, going to that Surrey, back to the Surrey thing, I, I'm trying to think where Brenda Locke is on, on the political spectrum, and if Adrian, or if uh, if the if the minister is and the ND, when you said that about you know where the politics are in Surrey, are, oh, they, trying to, are they trying to create yeah. an acrimonious relationship with Surrey's council uh, because they're seen as uh, right of center, which is kind of how it worked in Vancouver for, in an opposite way with a left wing government in Vancouver and a right wing government right. provincially it became very very negative relationship. Um, yeah. I think Ken Sims trying to do not make that happen this time right. um, with a right wing government in Vancouver and a left wing. But uh, that kind of stuff happens quite commonly. And it's very frustrating because it really is silly. But it, when you look at how do we divide and conquer a, a, an area politically? Um, yeah. This, yeah. You know, whether it be crime or whatever the subject matter, um, this is these are very effective pol politics to the detriment of the community. And I want to go to community in this last topic um, that I think we've only got time to touch on one more, um, which is Chinatown. Something that Ken Sim was very focused on, uh, the revitalization of Chinatown. One of my favorite mm -hmm. parts of our city. I've always loved going down there as a kid. I, I, you know, dim sum was my favorite thing to do. I would go down any chance I could. Some kids wanted to go to, you know, the aquarium or the the peony all the time and i'd be like but can we go to chinatown too you know like i just loved it down there and I, I just it's so sad to see how it has just been left yeah to squalor well, and a lot of it yeah. has to do with i stopped going down there because i tried to park down there and i literally couldn't find a parking spot that wasn't uh, ridiculously expensive and i'm like well this just isn't worth my produce i'll go get my produce up on west broadway where i can still find parking for a dollar fifty you know right yeah they're they're creating a flat rate at two bucks i think so I, I i you know it's a tool i think the key to success in chinatown um 
because of when I was in council, you know, they don't want the disnification of Chinatown. They don't want to fake Chinatown. So how do you no. bring back this culture to Chinatown, um, you know, without disnifying it? So you, you give a few tools, you do a few, as many things as you possibly can to drive the uh, private sector to do the job, but it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. I, I just think that you're looking at a, you know, you just have to go to Richmond and you find Chinatown. Right. No, for um, sure. No but George, bus around. So you know. what you just said is so important because the people who left, the people who had been there since their generations before them built this city because they did, um, you know, the people that had lived upstairs and had their, you know, shops, produce stop, yeah. shops or restaurants downstairs who had the Mahjong group upstairs, like the stories and the lore of Chinatown were so rich and thick. Like you mm -hmm. say, there was so there was there was culture not sure. gentrified culture not but, like remember back when this was a thing but now we're a back? bar no i agree with you i agree yeah. with you yeah so, it, i mean tnt supermarket has taken over like any any community where the massive grocery store comes in and sucks you know there's tnt supermarket a block away from china or it's kind of within chinatown that yeah. certainly affects your retail space so what is that you can do uh, through development, which has been discouraged mostly by people who live down there, including the Chinese community, uh, in how we build buildings down there. Uh, there have been buildings that have been turned down um, yeah. because of various reasons that would have maybe helped uh, Chinatown. Um, so they've stopped development down there pretty much. Um, you right. have on the other, so you have the downtown east side on one side of it and a basically dead zone industrial park on the other side of it, waiting for development, the viaducts. That are supposed to come down the concord st Pacific paul's Grand. hospital yeah. yeah 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 st paul Hospital being built a few blocks away yeah yeah main street which is whatever uh, it's just like and then you're just surrounded by nothingness or chaos and that's hard to yeah. how do you know until they fix the concord pacific land and get going on the viaducts it's going to be hard to really create any you need traffic okay two dollar parking sure okay but if you don't have 20 or 30 or forty thousand people living there who will then, then if you're a, a person who wants to open, you know, there are great fusion restaurants down there now, which is probably the way it should go, um, that take advantage of the culture of China and Chinese culture and fuse it with whatever. Um, but that's not going to happen if there's not another 30,000 people living down there, which is the intention uh, and something that I approved when I was in council and we we're waiting for that to happen. Um and uh, it's just not happening. It's just Concord hasn't moved forward with anything. The viaducts are still there. There's Why? No money Why hasn't viaducts. Concord moved forward with anything? Because, well, I think they're waiting for, there's a, the funding for the viaducts coming down is reliant on development cost levies and community amenity contributions from development. So until they start building and giving the money to the city, it's like this catch-22. Right. The, and they the, won't the, do it until that's, yeah. Being it, done, it, so. The only way this is going to work is if the city bites the bullet and makes a decision either to fix the viaducts or remove them themselves. They just did a microcosm of this would be the, the loops on Granville loops. Street when you come yeah. off. The city yeah. was trying when I was there, we were trying to, you know, sell the land for a 99 year lease. And as part of that deal, you would get four towers, but you had to pay for the removal of these roundabouts. Guess what happened? No one developer wanted to bother. They said, ah, I can't, they, they couldn't imagine the world with these, you know, ah, that sounds like, I don't know. So now the city's yeah. removing them for a lot of money. And these are just yeah. little roundabouts it's costing them, I, I, I think it's 50, 30 million or something. It's crazy. Um, yeah. Imagine the viaducts to take down is about $200 million. 
to take them down and, and, and normalize the streets. So the city and this council potentially will need to make a decision soon of whether they want to do that or just fix these things and build around them. And, uh, yeah. you know, there's an argument for both, but um, with interest I don't know what's right. 8% I'm, and, and, yeah. uh, our credit rating is hurting. I've know. been spun around so many times on the viaducts. I don't, I don't know what's right. All I know is that the in and out of getting to and from Chinatown, which is what we we're jumping off point, um, and the parking costs in Chinatown were, were caused for me to no longer go as a local who used to frequent down there, regardless of, you know, how much of a, an experience it was down there. It was just a place that I went to go shopping. It was an easy road. I could go down Pacific Boulevard on the little turnoff off of Prior Street that you can't do anymore. And that now you have to go like off, you know, um, Abbott Street and then up by Dr. Senyat Singh Gardens up Kiefer Street. And then you, you're locked in there. And if you go one way, you can't get back the other. Like, and it's just like, nope, nope. So the parking piece and the and the shutting down of through fares and trying to like slow to a crawl the flow of traffic because you know we live in a city where nobody wants cars. Um, but the the parking piece for me, what what has been suggested, which is sort of surge pricing in some spaces in Chinatown, like it's sometimes there'll be a dollar, um, and sometimes there'll be five dollars is what it kind of has been, and then they're mm -hmm. like, no flat rate, two bucks an hour. If there was a flat rate of whatever that mm -hmm. was in Vancouver proper, I think more people would just go downtown because I have oh parked my, my car. I'm trying to bankrupt the city. <laughs> no, I'm trying to get people to go back downtown wow. and actually at, at, people don't, people don't. They do. They come on a train now. They come on Canada line. They come on, they okay. don't drive cars anymore. They same number of cars coming who, in the city they? as having coming in. To, then it's the not bankrupting forever. everybody. Then, then if it's just the, if a parking uh, spot's a parking spot, then if you go to Pacific Center you know, Mall on a, on a weekend, it's pretty busy. That's now. not city parking in well, Pacific. No, Center but that's people Mall. coming. Twenty nine dollars a day. That's people coming. But people are coming from out of. No, they're coming on the trains. There's teenagers. People are coming. Granville Street is crazy now. Again, like it always has been. People are back. Uh, but I'm talking about. Again. See, you're you're taking it to a a touristy kind of thing. I'm talking about people who live here using well, it as I'm the place and space that they Chinatown. have used it. But they're that's that's sorry, the only that solution. People are taking the, the only no, that the only solution to get people to going back to Chinatown is to make it potentially is, is it as a tourist destination, which is really uh so not for the community and the people that live here. That's what your community? that's your Us, take. You like what the, yeah. the Chinese community don't they like, moved to Richmond. They don't. They don't. No, have the community. That the people who live in the city. That that. Okay, sure. I mean, I I, I just think I know. Oh, I just think. Why are you want to play with me when we're not going to talk? No, for two I just weeks. think there's teeny little, these point. are teeny little shops. I'm, when you've got T and T, and you've got, I've got a, gro a Chinese massive grocery store think, two blocks think, from my house. I there's, think, I go to it all the time. Whatever. I mean, it's. I I guess I it's think, a question of where does point. government get involved in this, and where do they lay off? And I don't know the parking at two bucks is not going to be the solution for this. It's, it's got to be about building 30,000 units on the Concord Pacific lands. More towers for George. Got it. Yes. Got it. I'll make my point in one month's time when we're back on Unspun Podcast because we've gone way over time. You can find us on Twitter at Unspun Podcast or go and like and subscribe this if you just stumbled across it. Unspunpodcast.com is where we are, but George is the best follow on Twitter at George underscore. Affleck at George underscore Affleck. I'm at Jody Vance, Jody with a Y at Jody Vance on Twitter. Um, and be kind out there. 
we're, we'll see it. Actually, we'll probably do a quick one tomorrow. We'll see what morning, happens tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Friday morning. Yeah. One way or the other, we'll update you on what's happening in Surrey. Uh, because we have people who listen to this podcast who really want us to talk about Surrey. So there you go. We did it. Bye. Bye. Adios. Adios, amigo.